Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini. My guest today is Kaylee Bike. Kaylee won the Build Train Race uh, category in Moto America, and we had a great discussion. We just talked about everything in life. Uh, why she deflects uh, her success onto her competitors, and we got down to the meat and potatoes of it, and we had a damn good time. You're going to love this conversation. It was fun. And she kind of quizzed me. She, she interviewed me in a way. So I think you're going to love this uh, episode. So enjoy. My new bestest friend, Kaylee Bike. Yeah. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini, and I have a guest, and already we are just kicking it, man. She is the champion of the Bill Train Race uh, series uh, within Moto America, uh, sponsored by a Royal Enfield, and it is the champion, Kaylee Bike. Uh, how, how, how does that make you feel when we say champion? Does that still sound weird to you? It is very weird to me. Why is that? Because you know what? Honestly, from before even talking to you, you have such a great like you deflect a lot, you know, like you deflect a lot, which I think is great. I mean, you always say, no, I really. And it, it's it's like heartfelt. Like, you, I really wanted, you know, Chloe to win that race or somebody else to win that race and good for them. And you're always deflecting off of you. And it's like it's almost like do you have do you suffer from like imposter syndrome? I don't know. Maybe I just I felt like I clicked with so many of the girls and they did great the whole season that like as bad as I wanted to win, I was like just as pumped for them. So I don't know. Like it was weird getting my AMA number one plate and stuff. And I just feel like I was just doing what I like to do. So I feel like I'm just any other normal person. No, you do what you love to do. I don't think it's a like to do. I think you did what you loved. I mean, you could tell. From the pictures, because pictures don't lie. You know, you can tell by the eyes, you can tell by the body language, just from pictures. And I study them like, you know, like you ladies, like like uh, like crime programs, like we were just talking about how you want to be a serial killer. Well, I study pictures and I was and I like and I just know it's it's heartfelt. Everything you did, the pictures and you girls that camaraderie is what really struck me the most, man. So like, and where did that come from? Like, were you always like that? Um, I think so. I guess like growing up, like I've been through a lot of shit. So you never know what other people are going through. Exactly. Um, like, especially with Chloe, cause we bonded so well, like the beginning of the season, I was like, she's going to be my competition. I don't want to be friends with her. But then like our personalities just messed show like so well that it's like, I just want to build other people up because you don't know what's going on. Like I'm usually filled with horrible dad jokes. And I tell those at like inappropriate times, but it helps keep the atmosphere good in the pit. So it was fun. No, you know what? Honestly, it's funny you say that. There's something about Chloe I, the same way. I met her at a track day and we just instantly bonded and it was great. Like she, All of you guys have such a great energy, but but honestly, at a track, it the energy there is always good. I've never had a negative track day experience. It's always everybody's trying to help each other. Everybody's there to, you know, really pump each other up. So yeah, I, I definitely get that with Chloe. But what kind of shit have you what kind of shit have you been through like in life? Like uh if you don't mind, you know, me asking. I mean, usually beforehand, I always ask my guests, hey, is there something you know you don't want to talk about? No problem. But you know, if you don't want to talk about, it, we can deflect. But what kind of shit have you been through that, you know, that's been it's made you who you are? Um will kind of deflect, but like things that people shouldn't ever have to go through. Yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. At, at, she, early, at an early age? Um, I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. I, I mean, it's horrible, but like it's made me who I am. So it makes me more aware of like people 
trying to just feel out their vibe and figure out who they are and know when to push the broccoli away, like you would <laughs> say, or just whatever, you know. What's up with broccoli? I love broccoli. Push broccoli to the side, baby. Push it to no. the side like broccoli. No, when you're, broccoli listen, so listen, when I was a kid, my mom, God bless her, because I don't know if she's watching, and if she is, I might get a whooping. But still, uh, I, I hate it because she always got, like, the frozen vegetables, and that and, and we had to eat those and that and it sucked. And so we always got a whooping because I was like, this shit sucked like spinach and broccoli. It, it was horrible. But then I got to be an adult and I found out what it really, you know, like real fresh food, fresh vegetables are like. And I love it now. I, I just had it like twice this weekend and I don't know why I'm talking like this. Like in hibachi, and it was great. So yeah, growing up it was nasty, but once you get real vegetables and and prepared correctly, it's delicious. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, in life, that's how life is when you're kid but is that where motorcycles came in and you were able to find your way and it was your escapism um I guess so it's weird like I mean you get it because you ride but people that don't like as soon as you put your helmet on you put your visor down it's like everything else just disappears and you don't have to think about anything else it's like your moment of peace where whatever else is going on like whatever bullshit you have going on in your life you don't have to worry about it I mean, honestly, the greatest thing you said, man, I'm texting her on the way in and I'm running a little bit late. Like, God damn it. How I did it. I'm running late and I'm texting her. And it was something you said and you said, you know, it just it just ride. You know, you, basically yeah. you said just ride. And I go, oh, my God, that, that that just hit me right here, because honestly, for me, it's the greatest thing in the world. And I feel like a pussy today because I I, I had to rent a car because it, uh, it was going to be too, too, too cold. Like, I have no problem riding with under 30. But it was going to be in the 15s or teens, and I was like, you know, it's not, it's not safe. So it had to rent a car. So I kind of feel like a pussy today. We're talking about riding, and I'm not riding. But, yeah, for the most part, there is nothing, and I'd mean nothing better than putting that helmet on, and you just ride. And it, to me, I, I think it's better by myself. Every now and then I might have somebody I ride with, but I just love the solitude of riding by myself. And, it, and was that was – that, when you found motorcycles, like when you found that piece, like you're riding, you go, you know what? This is where I like to be. It is. Um, I had like a little PW80 when I was little. It was my brother's, but they didn't like riding it. So I just remember like riding up and down through the orchard because I live like in the middle of an orchard nowhere. Um, I don't remember like not wanting to come in, but my mom and my dad would always be like, every time we'd say like, okay, come in. It was always like, no, one more time, one more time. Um, but so I rode that a lot when I was little. And then a lot of my friends did like stunts and stuff in parking yeah. lots. So yeah. it turned into like doing tandem stunts with them. And then I wanted a CBR 600 forever. And I finally got my motorcycle license. I think when I was, I don't know how old, but I waited like four years to finally get my bike. Um, I rode on the street for a year because mm -hmm. I only typically ride the track now, but uh, my friends suckered me into doing a track day and they kind of snuck me in. So going there, like I was, I don't know, I was scared. I didn't know what to expect. Like everybody thinks they're the best rider, but like just from my first track day, I was hooked. And that was probably like seven years ago, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and then I was still paying on that bike. So I was like, I can't wreck a bike I owe money on. So I sold that, <laughs> <laughs> I sold that bike. And then I got my R6 for cheap. Um, that way, if I wrecked it, I didn't really care so much. Yeah. But it was like game over. As soon as I did my first track day between 
riding and how that feels and like the just the people at the track um it's a like mindset for everyone so everyone's there for the same reason everyone wants to help out if you need a part or have questions or whatever but that turned into coaching so I coach with two organizations and that's probably one of the best feelings is just passing on knowledge to other people or ways that they can explain it or understand it more um it's just cool to like help someone and explain body position or how to be on the bike. And then you're following them and you see everything finally click. Like it's pretty awesome. Honestly, I, I, and I'm biased. There's about two or three places in the world. I mean, that, that I feel like I'm home and I love, and one of them is a racetrack. And like I said, we talked about there's to me, there's never any negative there. Everybody I've never seen anybody kind of, eh, it's always, they're always helping, always get a little laugh here or there. Or, and it's the great, except for one, this one guy was like, you know, I, I can't put a knee down and, and it, it's in my head mentally and I'm so mad. And there was one guy I go, well, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old and I can, you know, I want to go, man, listen, I don't give a shit. But I mean, I was, cause I was mad at myself and I, I, I was, <laughs> I wanted to say that to him cause he kept saying it. You know, I'm 60, you know, I'm 60 years old. I go, man, I, I get it. You're 60. You can lay a knee down. Hey, that's great, bro. I can't. Okay. But I, I didn't say it to him. And that's like the, almost almost negative but it wasn't but it's the greatest environment ever and I think that's is that where your family is that where you feel like your family is and where your home is that is that your 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 place you know yeah for sure um especially over the years like I helped out a few friends at Race Moto America over the years and like just meeting everyone in the paddock and then this year like with BTR when like Jake Gagne comes up and talks to you and you're like how does he know who I am like I'm just a nobody but it's just cool. Like they don't put themselves on a pedestal. And I did that a lot with people. Um, but I mean, they're just like us. They're faster, a lot faster, but they're all just super down to earth. Like all of the top guys and everything, being able to go up and ask them for advice on different things. Like they don't treat you like you're any different. So I feel like if you can have people that are that big in the sport and then just go to track days or whatever, like everyone's the same. No one really thinks they're better. I mean, you get that once in a while and people that don't really want to take your advice. Um, I get that a lot with coaching guys mainly, <laughs> but is it, is it an ego thing? Is it an ego thing with yeah, guys? Yeah, like You'll try to explain something or where they should be on the track. And then they're like, Oh, whatever your lady brain doesn't function like that. So I'm better than you type of thing. And then you go back out and then they crash and you're like, well, told you so. <laughs> Is is there like a moment when they do crash and you go, you make sure they're okay and you go, goody? I mean, is there like a little part where you go, goody? I'm, you know, like you don't want them to be hurt. You don't obviously you don't want them to get hurt, but you go, yeah, that's what you get. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't want anyone to get hurt. And like, it's so good that we don't have more like microphones in our helmets because I talk <laughs> so much shit mainly to myself. But I'll just be like, why? What are you doing? Like, why did you think that was a good idea? But... Yeah. I mean, you don't ever want anyone to get hurt, but then it's like you go by and you're just like, told you so. Like, <laughs> let me go on the line and show you where you should have been and that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Has anybody ever come and said, I'm sorry? Or they kind of like, you know, how guys don't really say they're sorry, but they'll do stuff like that typical guy stuff for, hey, uh, buy you a Coke or, hey, can I get you something? I mean, you know, you know that kind of like, that's their way of saying, their, that's their way of extending an olive branch to you without saying they're sorry. No, that does happen. Really? I think that's also like just an ego thing. Like they don't want to admit that a girl could have helped them or whatever, or knew or, something that they didn't know. Or but, a girl is better or a girl is better than them. Yeah. 
but like I coach with Red Star Raceline too. It's an all women's organization. So that's like my jam because it's so much easier coaching girls because they want to learn and they listen. So to have them like come up and ask questions or whatever. And like, I had my friend Shannon and like, I finally, I was behind her and I finally saw like her body position was perfect. And there's a picture of me like right behind her. And I like have my hand up in the air because I was so pumped for her. Yeah. It's just cool. Like with Chloe too, like we would pass ideas back and forth and everyone thought it was crazy. Like you guys are competition. How are you friends? How are you helping each other? But like it worked, like we would be able to pick up on the track, like where one was better than the other and then go back and forth. So, I mean, it made for awesome battles, but like, that's how you improved your race craft is like, you have to take advice from other people and learn. You can't pick it up all on your own. So it's like, if you're out there with slower people, you're never going to improve. So having competition is what makes you a better rider. I'm not going to lie. When you and Chloe battled, and I mean, I mean, it, it, that, I think that was, I think it was the last race of the season. Maybe I think it was the, and Barbara I was like, was yeah. And I was like, Oh my, I mean, I was like, Oh my God. Cause I, you know, I had met her. So I knew her. So I had a soft spot for her and I was like, Oh, and it was like on your edge of your seat. Like, Oh shit. They, they really going at it like that. And I mean, that's what made me go, yes. And I and I applaud Bree more than anybody for for getting this together and getting the ladies together. And it to me, it it's gotta have a, a make you feel good from the inside where it's like it's women coming together, racing without beating up beating you over the head, showing that they can do it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you know, it's in your face and people are like it kind of turns people off. But this is more like it's uplifting women in a positive way without throwing it in your face showing, hey, man, we can do, like, just like the guys, we build these things, you know, we race them. Yeah, we have a mechanic, but this is basically all us. And even though we're competitors, we're still – I'm honest, I, I've never really seen that before. When women come together like this, you know, and, and, and really kind of uplift each other without sounding all kind of like, you know – yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, that kind of like feel good moment, like on TV or whatever. This is like real shit. And I loved watching that. I mean, did, when you were racing with her during that uh, at Barber, like what were you going through your mind? That, I mean, that was a pass. I go, oh shit, Chloe. Like, was there, like, did you ever get like what I call the red mist? You know, that's when riders get like kind of pissy. Have you ever gotten that before? Um, Not with the BTR program, like different races. Yeah. But like, it was so hard because me and Chloe had such good battles. Like I'll still watch the last race when I go to the gym and it like, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Cause I'm like, she would be in front of me and I'm like cheering her on in my head and everything. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I need to win. Like I need to win this last race so I can yeah. close it out on a good note. But like, I just, it's almost like you get zoned out, like watching because she was such a phenomenal rider and it's hard to like see it as competition, I guess, because you want them to do well and I wanted her to get first place so bad for one of the races, but I was like, I'm not going to give it to you. Like, I know you're going to beat me because it's going to happen. And it did. They beat me. Her and Crystal got me at Jersey. So I like took my little break to calm down. I had an off weekend. Like it was all in my head and whatever, but you go right up to them after and congratulate them, give them hugs and everything. But like, I feel like me and Chloe were like our personal, like hype people. Yeah. So before races, like we would always mess around and most of it was inappropriate, but um, <laughs> oh, <I bet>. 
<laughs> I want to hear that. I want to hear about what's the inappropriate stuff you guys did because, I mean, Chloe teased it. Chloe teased it, and you're kind of teasing it. And I'm like, God damn it. What are you girls talking about? I really want to be in on that. I want to be on the, the, the inside because I know how ladies can be, but I just want to know, like, can you give me a, just a little inkling of what you guys talked about? Oh, God. I don't even know. We're so much worse than guys. Like, we no, just don't not. do it in front of them. I'm waiting for a blooper reel. So our video hey, people. I'm that's like, what she said. She wants yes. a, a raunchy blooper reel. Yeah, I don't know if we could post it because it'd probably be inappropriate. But like every time they would film us, they were like, you guys need your own reality show. Like it would be pretty epic. But a Patreon, <laughs> do a Patreon or, or do like an OnlyFans. that's not nasty. You know what I mean? Like do it like an OnlyFans yeah. where it's not, it's not like, you know, like, hey, you want to see me with just my helmet? I mean, not like that. But you know what I mean? But do an OnlyFans where it's like a it's like a raunchy blooper reel. You know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Something helmet, like that. It'd be fine. I'm aerodynamic. I'm built for speed. So. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. You're not going to catch me. That's how people get fired. And you're not going, you're not going to get me canceled. I don't even know, like just stupid stuff that would pop into our head or messing around. And like, we would forget that we have the mic on and like talking about whatever. And then like, you look up and in the background, you see the video guys like shaking their head. And I'm like, (laughs) like what you got, there's gotta be one. There's gotta be one, something that rings true. I don't know. Anything that comes to your mind. We've probably said, (laughs) There's footage out there. I'm going to get it someday. That's all I want for Christmas. I just want a blooper reel of Chloe and I. And like, we'll still send like stupid videos to each other, just messing around. And I'm like, you know how much money we could be making? Exactly. Like when you first, when you first met and you knew she was your competition, because she said that she goes, you know, she looked you up, you know, and she goes, this woman she, right here is going to be my main competition. And so, you know, going in and I know how it is, you know, you got that, that kind of like that game face and, okay, so gonna come. and then when did it kind of like dissipate and go, you know what? Hey, man, we're going to battle, but I like this person and we're going to be cool. Um, I don't know, like at Barber was our first training and I didn't do a lot of research because I didn't want to psych myself out too much i do that anyways but um my friends jessica and nicole they did the program too and i've raced with them before so i kind of had them to like hang out with and socialize with them before i opened up to other people um but i think the first training kind of like set the tone for the season just to try to feel each other out and know where everyone was going to be um a few of us got accused of cheating or having engine work done. So, I mean, that was either a compliment to thinking I'm knowledgeable enough to do anything to a motor or that I'm a decent rider. So whatever. But, um, I don't know. I feel like the first race weekend, like we were all on the same page besides the girls that did it last year. So everyone was kind of nervous and in their feelings. And, um, I crashed in the second qualifying. So I had like two hours to rebuild my bike. Um, so I'd say the probably the second round, we all kind of got closer, but like me and Chloe were pitted next to each other and just like comments that she would make or like she would say something and it would be like lyrics to a song and I would like finish it with lyrics without her realizing it. Yeah. So it was just like stupid stuff, but we always had a good time. And then being able to like bounce ideas off of each other for the track or whatever, like, I don't know. I was pretty cool with everyone on the team, but me and Chloe definitely had like a different relationship from most of the other people, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, what, what kind of songs uh, would you finish when she starts singing? Like, what kind of music? I don't know. It would just be something that she said, and it would like click in my head that it was like part of a song. Yeah. So I would just say the next words, and like she would start laughing. Um, 
is or if she was upset like you could go up to her and give her a hug because she did good and like she would start crying because she's super emotional and I love that about her but it was like anything anything could set her off so you never knew but it was usually good stuff I don't know but like we've both had our moments where we've been upset about something and like talked each other off of a ledge um I mean you don't want anyone to not be able to go out or not feel comfortable or be in the right mindset so it's like to have your competition on their a game like you want to do whatever you can make that happen but i don't know we just did a lot of stupid shit <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do, you know. You're supposed to keep it light and supposed to keep it fun, you know. And, and that's, that's that's the key to life. I mean, even though you're battling each other, you still want to have fun with it. I mean, it, to me, right. you seem like, and I don't know, you know, you, but it seems like you have a nice even kill. Like now, does that come from? Like, I know you used to do uh, jujitsu, right? Yeah. Okay. Then, did martial arts help you with that, or you're like that beforehand? I mean, and why don't you still do that? Because I mean, I know martial arts helps you have a nice calm. You know what I mean? It kind of calms you. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've kind of always been like that. I guess just things that I've been through kind of molded me to who I am. Um, and then I started doing like jujitsu and MMA and judo probably, oh God, I don't know, like seven years ago, I was in the best shape of my life. I was supposed to compete in a figure competition. So I was training at the dojo like three hours a day. And then I would go lift weights two hours after. So I like, like, did that after work. And then I ended up getting like three partial tears in my shoulder. Oh. So I was like six weeks out from competing mm-hmm. and then I couldn't do it. Um, but just injuries is why I don't do jujitsu anymore. I am not the most graceful person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. Tell them about the time you, you brought the, your ACL or uh, oh, you tripped. Yeah. So we were on our way to race at Daytona um, the year before I got third place but it ended up being fourth place. So I was pissed and I was like, all right, this is my redemption. I'm going to go back and I'm going to win. And it was probably like a 10 hour drive and maybe two or three hours into it. I was like walking across the tongue of the trailer one way and I was fine. And then I hopped across the back way. And when I took my second step, my foot slipped. So it was like my ankle was under one beam and my knee landed on the other and all of my weight landed on top of it. And my boyfriend at the time was like, come on, get up. We got to go. And I couldn't say anything like I've never experienced pain like that in my life before. And he's like, get up clumsy. We got to go. And I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. And he's like, oh, you're not okay." So that put me out for like, I don't know how long the doctor, they didn't do surgery. They said it was like 80 percent torn, but some fibers were holding it together, which didn't sound promising to me. But I did physical therapy and then that kind of got me into like flat track riding. Um, But he said, eventually my knee's going to tear all the way. So jujitsu, obviously you're constantly wrenching on your knee the wrong way. So yeah, it's a bummer. Cause that definitely is like, it's like being on the track where you go and you can just, it's almost like you can close your eyes, especially when you're rolling with someone and then just you go off a of feel almost, but it's like the same feeling where you're not really thinking about anything else. Um, I competed a couple times and one of them was super intense, but it, it is. It's like the same feeling where you just zone out and you don't have to think about whatever else. Like you just want to make that person tap out. What uh, what what, what uh, belt did you get? Blue belt? Purple belt? Oh, I was still a white belt. I didn't do it very long. Um, But the gym that I was training at, I was only supposed to work the booth, like just checking people in and doing whatever. And one of our instructors went against a girl that used to go to our gym 
um, our instructor was a higher belt and she beat the other girl with like guillotine. And the girl was like, I'll never get tapped out in that again. And they only put her out there because she's more advanced and blah, blah, blah. And like my instructor came up to me and he's like, rip her fucking head off. So I was like, what? Like, I'm just here to work the booth. I don't even have like, what do you mean? So, so they threw me in against this girl who was higher than me. And I'm like, oh man, like this is just going to be embarrassing. And it was like the most intense role, like competition I ever did. And we went like all three rounds because we were tied. And then I went down points and like I had her arm pinned and she punched me in the mouth. So like going into the last round, my nose is bleeding and everything. And the guy was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, like, let's do this. We got to go. And then I remember hers, like it popped into my head, like I'll never get tapped out in that again. So I was like, oh yeah, I have to rip her head off. (laughs) She had like the perfect opportunity. So I like jumped her guard and just got her in it. And I was like, don't let go, don't let go. And I hold it as long as I could until she finally tapped. And like, I remember watching the video of it and I just stand up and like brush it off. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) You little badass. Oh, I wish I would have seen that. You little badass. I'm really not though. I'm super nice. (laughs) Of course you can be, you know, it's always the nice ones you got to watch out for because the nice ones, I don't know about you. I hold, I hold it inside and it comes out at like, I hold like a lot of times I let too much shit slide, you know what I mean? But it stays in here. And and when it comes out, it, it comes out nasty because it's like I just I when, when I should say, hey, man, you did. I just go. Ah, that's OK. But I keep it in. I keep it in. And when it comes out, it's like it's horrible. Like it comes out like just nasty. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's why I missed the roll. I missed jujitsu because that was my outlet. So, you know, I need to punch that bag or I need to roll. Otherwise, I'm going to yell. I'm going to rip somebody's head off at a Starbucks. Basically, is what's going to happen. You know, I need I need that ride. I need to hit a bag. Otherwise, yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be ugly, you know. Why don't you do it anymore? Um, I had both my hips replaced, and I know how. Um, you know, I like I just know how jujitsu is. You know what I mean? And I I roll a little bit. I got a buddy that uh also did a, a other podcast on. Uh, he's a, a Navy SEAL. He was a former Navy SEAL. So I go to his uh, dojo, roll with him, because everybody kind of knows. You know that hey man, that's yeah. So you know I roll a little bit. And I go, okay, that's enough. And I don't know, it's mental now. I think I'm good, but I just know the nature of it. And you can't tell somebody, yeah. hey, hey, do me a favor, don't do this. You know, <laughs> so you know, it, it kind of sucks. I, I miss it. I love it, but you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I, I say that, but I also ride motocross. So you know, I mean, I, I'm that not. That scares me. I'm not too bright. Motocross is scary. I think motocross is scary. That's why all. I think all. Road racing champions, they always say I would give up one of my world championships if I could race motocross. Really? I mean, at, at a high level. Every one of them. Every, every, to, a, to, a, to a T, all the top guys from Mark Marquez to uh, DiBicioso to Johnny Ray, they've always said I would give up one of my world championships if I could race motocross at a top level. Yeah. Have you, have you ever tried motocross? Um, I don't do well with dirt. But, don't, oh, I saw you flat tracking. Don't give me that. I saw yeah, you flat tracking. The only time in my life I've ever been knocked out was my last flat track race of the night. The first weekend I raced flat track. But jumps and stuff for like motocross, like that scares the shit out of me. And everyone's like, you go around corners at like 100 miles per hour. And I'm like, right, but I'm already on the ground at that <laughs> point. Like, I'm just going to slide because um, flat track racing the people that I trained with, they were like, we need a girl on the team. Like, come on, race this weekend, whatever. No pressure. Like, just have fun. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I always feel like 
as much as I want other people to win, I'm still competitive, but it was, I raced uh TTI 125. So it was just like mad dog class. And it was the last race and like the light switched and going into the second turn, this guy slid out in front of me and I was like, Oh shit, don't hit him. But it was so close that like I caught the back of his bike and it like launched me over the bars. I landed on my head and my shoulder. So yeah, the dirt sucks. I'll stick to riding motorcycles on track. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, you, you've crashed before on, on road race and whatever. So, I mean, I honestly, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I know what you mean. To me, dirt, it happens like like this in dirt. Yeah. I think with, I think with road racing is like, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Like, I remember, like, you got to get in your head, right? Because I remember doing a track day, and I got on, and I, I made a mistake. I get on the phone, had some bad news. And I was trying to process that, and then we got called out. I had to go out, and I wasn't in the right mind, and, you know, and you know how that goes. So I went off yeah. track. Look, look at it and crash it. I went off track, and I go, man, I got to get my head right. And I understand that. But in dirt, yeah, dirt can happen like that. But you know what, though? I don't have a lick of sense anyway. And it's just, I just love, watch YouTube videos. And I mean, for watch YouTube videos and you can do it or talk to your friends and just try motocross once. I mean, it's the, you know, it's not so much the jumps to me. It's hitting those berms at a high rate of speed. That's the one that gets me every time. You know what I mean? It's, it's better to hit it with a high rate of speed. And you know what I hate? I hate the sand. The sand section, yeah. I, that sucks. I hate sand. I really do. I was just in Pensacola at flat track races and like I hopped on a Grom to go like, I don't know, to get food or whatever because I'm hungry all the time. As soon as I went to turn, I forgot that it was sand. I like almost ate shit. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't embarrass myself here. Um, I guess I like hitting jumps and I want to be able to do it. I went to Durham town in Georgia and there's like thousands of acres. They have like motocross tracks, trail riding, whatever. I spent more time like on the ground than I did on the bike. Like it's fun, but I feel like road racing. I mean, I've crashed twice at VIR now. I crashed when I was racing once on my bicycle and for Royal Enfield. So I feel like VAR is out to get me, but <laughs> you slide. like you hit the ground and you're kind of like, Oh shit, I'm going down. And then, yeah you're fine road rate or like flat track. I just remember saying like, I remember looking down and I was like, Oh shit, this is going to suck. And then the next thing I remember was waking up and they're like, what hurts? Are you okay? <laughs> like, I don't know where I am right now. Hey, but the same can be said for you. I remember jujitsu getting like, but the thing I will say this about jujitsu, when you do get tapped out, I mean, I, I, have you been choked out before? No, it, it's the greatest sleep you'll ever have for I mean for like two seconds and it's weird I remember I remember like this guy had me in a, and I go okay I'm good and I was thinking my next move and it all started getting dark <laughs> and I go okay I'm good and the next thing you know they go hey sunshine wake up and I go huh and and I literally, and I literally had that you know how you just when you wake up you're like, that I had that I go what the hell just happened? But it's the greatest sleep for two seconds and it doesn't hurt. And you know, you're not really embarrassed. You just kind of laugh it off. Like <laughs> you got me. And no, it's well, yours greatest. didn't hurt. Mine hurt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's a good time. So listen, don't be scared. You understand me? You, you already got that MMA training. You already got the background. I want to know about you. Do judo. How, how well did you do in judo? I didn't compete in judo. I basically just did it. Um, to learn different takedowns for jujitsu. Um, they either had like a Semper Fit cardio class or judo. So whatever one was going on in between um, BJJ and MMA, I would just hop in on that class, but it's intense. Like 
it gets to the point where like you all line up and one person has to throw every single person in the line. So it's mm-hmm. like, you're constantly just getting tossed around like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have to learn how to fall properly. So you're not yes. getting hurt, which I wasn't good at that. So I'm just like laying there like, okay, here it goes. But no, judo was fun, but jujitsu was definitely a lot of fun. Well, Dan, did that help you like when you're crashing? I mean, honestly, like learning how, learning how to, you know, when you throw and how to fall during, uh, during judo, did that help you like in saying you're road racing? Like, uh oh, I'm, I'm going to slide out. It, it, didn't, no. it didn't. Not at all. Not at all. My first crash at VAR, um, I just remember like trying to look behind me because I was like, okay, there's going to be bikes coming. Like, don't get ran over. And then the curbing is weird there. So, like, I had an air vest on, which inflated, but like the video of it, you can see me like get launched off the curbing and get airborne and then hit the ground. But I mean, that wasn't bad. I'm not graceful. So my crashes probably aren't great. Um, And then when I crashed this year for BTR, it was kind of like, I knew it was going to happen. I was trying to be polite and like go around someone instead of going on the inside. And I just ran out of track, but I don't know. I don't know how my crashes look, but they probably aren't that great. (laughs) Well, you know what? Look, there's got to be something inside that head of yours where even though, like I said, you're so funny, you're nice, whatever, but there's a competitive side. Even though you deflect a lot, there's a competitive side of you. What is it about competing and and doing what you do? Because, you know, jujitsu and judo, that's not for everybody. And racing. I mean, motorcycles, period, aren't for everybody. And you do it at a high level. I mean, you really do. I give you props, not because you're a woman, but I give you props just because you race, like I said, at a high level, and you won. So at some level, at a certain level, something is in you where you want to be the best, whatever. And where does that come from? I don't know. I feel like I've just kind of always had that, where, like, if I don't do well, I'm harder on myself than anyone else's. Um, like going into BTR, I was like, okay, if I get one podium this year, I don't care where I place, like I'll be happy. And then after crashing a VAR and then being able to win, I was like, oh shit, like I might do pretty well here. And then I feel like that just kind of set the tone. I don't know. And then like having sponsors and stuff, I was fortunate enough to have people reach out to me to help, um, people that I've helped in the past at the races and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, like if I don't do good, they're going to be disappointed or blah, blah, blah. So I feel like in my head, I always just have that feeling of like wanting to make sure I'm able to make everybody else happy. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like my dad was pretty hard on us when we were young and it was like nothing was ever good enough. So I feel like that's always in the back of my head. And that's why like I was stoked and it was super rad that I won the program. But I feel like the happiest I was was the first race at VIR, like coming off and rolling into victory lane and like seeing all the CFE guys there and like Melissa Paris waiting for me. And it was like, this is real life. Like this is actually happening. So I don't know. I feel like I just set the standard like too high for myself almost to where if I do well, it's enjoyable. But I feel like I could always do better. I don't know. Now you mentioned your dad. Were you a daddy's girl, or did you always really want his? Did you want his approval, and you were constantly striving to get it? Um, I definitely I was not a daddy's girl. Um, and I feel like it got to the point like we didn't talk for a while, so it was more like I just set like I don't know my own standards for myself because like nothing ever seemed like it would be good enough for him, and it was all un- like unobtainable. So he's the reason I got into motorcycles. He's always had Harleys and stuff. So I remember like riding with him when I was younger and that's kind of like what sparked my interest in bikes, I guess. Um, and then 
this well he like this was the first time I feel like he's ever told me that he was like proud of me was when I finished building the bike um I did the wire harness on it which I've never done before and when I got the bike delivered I didn't start it I just instantly tore it down and I was taking the wire harness out and he's like why are you doing that and I was like because it's a lot of weight that I don't need like I need to get this stuff out so he he didn't think I could do it and that kind of like fueled my flame more like okay now I really have to do this and then I remember putting everything back in and it started and I called him and I was like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? Cause I built my bike in his garage and he's like, I'm on my way home. What's going on? And I was like, the bike won't start. And he's like, I told you so. And this and that. So I was like, just hurry up and get here. So I had like all my switches on and everything. And as soon as he walked up, I started it. And he's like, you little shit. <laughs> love it. I love he it. told me I couldn't do it. So I made sure that I did it, but He's just always been super hard, I feel like. So I guess maybe that's why I'm harder on myself in a way. I guess it's a good thing. I don't know. It's good and bad. No, I I think we pinpointed it. I mean, I do. I mean, you just kind of said it. I mean, I could just tell now that it was, I mean, can I ask you how old you are? 31. Okay. So, you know, different generations we are, but I, you know, it, parenting is different, whatever. And I don't know how you grew up and how the household was, but I just feel like there's a, you did try to, you know, get your dad's approval. Like I said, you're riding. And when your dad's a hard ass, maybe he is, is your dad a hard ass? He seems like he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when it's like that, I know what it's like. It's like, man, I, I want to prove him. Or you're like, I'll show you motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. but it's the truth though. I remember my dad, I was getting undressed one time and that was when I was fat when I was about eighth grade. And, uh, and I was getting uh, ready to go take a bath. My dad goes, you look disgusting. And I remember saying to myself, I'll show you, motherfucker. But, you know, I, I didn't say it to him because I, I like my teeth. So I didn't say it to him. But that always stuck with me. And that's why I always try to stay in shape. I always work out. And that's why I always call my brother a fat ass now because I remember my dad tell, calling me that. So it's a little thing. It's that little thing. And it always stays with you where you always want that approval. You know what I mean? I, I don't think you outgrow that. But I think you've taken that and you've made it your success and like I think you deflect from it because it's a weird thing because you're always used to maybe your dad go oh you, you know you didn't do it right or it's blah blah so I think that's internal so when you did achieve that success it's like it's good but you kind of deflect a little bit and I think that's yeah. where I think and I think that's what fuels your your fire and I think it's kind of like a smolder you know it's like you don't it you don't it doesn't come it doesn't come out like this but I think it smolders underneath the surface to where, you know, you mess with you long enough and you'll, you'll show people your horns. If, if, yeah. if I'm, am I correct? It takes a while, but definitely happens. Yeah. Like, like I said, me, I'm going to probably end up hitting somebody in a, in a Starbucks. Like, oh man, he didn't deserve that, bro. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I got daddy issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's what, I think that's what happens with you. I mean, personally, that's what I think. So, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, how do you, you, know who you remind me of? Who? Me? David Goggins. Me? Oh, I'm far from David Goggins. If I, if I saw David Goggins coming down the street, I would cross the street, go into a building, and then run up to the top floor, and then jump across it like an 80s detective movie, and then go to another building and make sure he would not see me. But thank you. I appreciate that. That is a great compliment. And it's funny you said it because my buddy who's a Navy SEAL, he's one of the 50 black Navy SEALs, he uh, uh, trained with Goggins. They grew up- Really? Uh, yeah, in the academy together. They came up together because one of the 50 black Navy SEALs, so they were kind of all together. And even even though he's a Navy SEAL, and you should watch the uh, the three episodes we have, which are phenomenal, even he says, yeah, Goggins is at a whole different level. And when, when he says that, 
man, it, it just gets you like, wow. That's why I kind of would like him on, but I kind of wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I like, you know, I kind of like this. It's all fun. And Goggins like, you gotta be hard, motherfucker. You gotta be hard. You gotta be hard, motherfucker. You gotta give a fuck. You know, like, oh, okay, Kyle. Oh, no, you don't stand. You're like, okay, <laughs> the episode's over. You don't stand. You gotta be a hard, motherfucker. Okay, I get it. You know what I mean? I mean, so, it's true, though. I mean, it is true, but hey, man, you know what? I'm just at a different level. Like, yeah. It's it's weird. Like when I, I love working out. Like I love when I have a, an episode like this. I had you on, so I worked out different today. I got on the bike and and I I, I did like a GC training session. You know my offs. This is how much of a dork I am. I think I'm a motorcycle racer in my mind. So I, <laughs> so that's how I train. Like I, I, the only reason I ride bicycles now is to get ready for the season that I don't race on. <laughs> so well, I you gotta ready. race. You gotta be Chloe. So I gotta get ready. I, I don't think I could be either. You two. I, I and I'm not even you know being a pussy and be like, oh, you ladies are so. No, it's just I, you're better than me, and I'll say it right now. I mean, I there's no shame in my game. I know when I. I just want to get a knee down. I really do. I just want to get a knee that. down. Yeah, let's get, let's get it. but you know what? Hey, this is about you right now. This is about you. Sorry. No, <laughs> this is about <laughs> you. No, I love to. No, I, I think it's great though. But I, I honestly, I want to leave this with a big smile on my face, going, "She sounds like David Goggins." <laughs> <laughs> that just that just made my day. Nobody says shit to me anymore. No one gives me a compliment, and when they do, I'm like, "Really?" So <laughs> that just made. My day. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed now. <laughs> I don't know about going to bed, but I'm like, I'm all happy now. I'll be eating my salad today at Panera. Like, mm. somebody said, I was David Goggins. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you this. I can switch gears for a little bit. You know, we talked about how you know how scary this you know racing can be, and you know, I know you had a, a weekend that was really with mixed emotions. That was at Brainerd. You know, you, yeah. you won, but you also lost a friend doing what we love doing. How yeah. did you how did you compartmentalize that? Um, that was a really tough weekend. Um, it was a new track to begin with. And to me, it didn't feel safe having all the walls and everything right there. So that was intimidating. Um, and I was talking to Scott right before he went out because we were talking about like different clip ons and stuff because the angle like you want your hand to be like a screwdriver grip almost with your elbow down and like the the bars that we had, you couldn't do that. So he was like reaching out to people for me, trying to figure out different clip-ons that would work. Um, and then I was up, we heard about the crash and I went over to hang out with Melissa and see, and like, it sounded like it was going to be okay. And he was responsive. Um, I called my friend that introduced me to him and just let him know what was happening. And then obviously it went bad. And he called me like, tell me this isn't true. And I'm like, I don't want to be the person to tell you this. Like, it was just a shitty weekend. And then there was people that were complaining about not having enough track time. And I stayed in that night. Cause like, I didn't want to go out with everyone, have dinner. And someone complained about track time. And my friend, Nicole was like, somebody fucking died. Like, what do you expect? And why is that what you're complaining about? So that just kind of added more stress to like the whole situation. But like Scott was such an awesome guy. And like, if you knew him at the track, he wanted you to call him pops. Like, he wanted to help everyone. He would always go out of his way. Like he would run over to my pit and try to help me or ask how it was going. Like, I mean, I know they always say like, it always happens to good people, but like, I don't know. Scott was super awesome. Like a dad literally to everyone at the track. So I just tried to put in my head, like he died doing what he loved and like as shitty as it is, like that was my motivation, I guess, for the weekend was to just like do it for Scott. So I mean, you don't ever want that to happen at the track. And this year there was 
a couple casualties. We were at pit race also the weekend before our race doing endurance races and the track day, two people passed away. Um, not immediately, but like afterwards we found out that they didn't make it. So it was just like, I don't know the past couple of years, like Lloyd Bailey does CCS racing and stuff. And he passed away at Miami Homestead. And then you had the two people at pit and Scott, like it was a tough year for all of that because I mean, obviously that's always in the back of your head. Anytime you go on track, like it is a dangerous sport. You try to ride as safe as you can, but I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. So that's kind of like the last thought you have before you go on track sometimes, like, especially that weekend that Scott passed away. That's kind of just like what you put in your head. Like you're doing what you love. Like if something happens, then you're going out in a good way, I guess. Like it's kind of a morbid way to think about it, but. No, cause I think people, you know, I think here's what I think about life. Honestly, I think a lot of people are life hacks in my, in, in, in my definition of life hack is, People say stuff like, uh, let's say you had a kid, you know, how's your kid doing? Oh, growing like a weed. Oh, you know, the kids, they don't listen to you. It's always those, you know, those kind of stereotypical answers where like, you know, in reality is, no, you're a shitty parent. Why don't you parent, you know, or, or this, that, and, and how you process grief is on you. And I just hate when people, well, you know, she didn't cry or you didn't cry at this time. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm not a crier out loud, you know, or maybe you are, or I don't show, you know, what I do behind closed doors. That's, that's my time. You know what I mean? And how you process, how you process life is how you process life. Cause that's your life. You know, yeah. and, and I think people sometimes expect you to have a, some kind of emotion and maybe you do, but you're not showing it. So they go, Oh, you know what? I don't think she really, and you kind of want to go, you know what? Why don't you go fuck off? You know, because yeah. like your life is your life. And like I said, I mean, and some things I'm very out there with. I'm very, you know, with my emotions and and like I, I wear my shit on the sleeve. I try to keep it in, but man, on some stuff, I'm just I'm just like it's that. Hard. You know? it, it is, yeah. I mean, for, for I mean, for me, I'll say everybody's different. For me, man, I cry at movies now. I I mean, it's the worst. I'm like, fuck, why am I crying at this shit? There's, I mean, there's a movie that was like, eh, and I swear to God, I watched it at the very end. Of this movie, this girl's dad died, and she was went, went to his uh, grave, and she goes, "Bye, daddy." And I mean, I just started. I go, "God damn it!" And I was crying when I walked. I go, "God damn it!" I was like, "This movie's kind of shitty, but..." Eh. And when she said that, she said in a whisper, and I mean, that was the best part of acting that whole movie. And I go, "God Hello? damn it!" And I walk out just like this. So yeah, I'm far from Goggins. No. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, how you process it is how you process, it. and like you said. And it sounds cliche, but I'm a firm believer, man. All I ask for is that that last minute, I just hope I can go, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. And then, you know, fade yeah. black. I mean, that's what I hope. I hope I, yeah, you know, it, it sounds good, but you never know. You might be like, I don't want to die. But you never yeah. know how it's going to be. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I'm a hugger. So I feel like when everybody knew that I was upset, like, all anybody wanted to do is come up and give me a hug. And like, I feel like that just, like gets the emotions going anyway. So you cry more. So I'm like, no, just leave me alone. Like I try not to think about it. And then you just try to think about like all the good times. Like, I mean, it's like a shitty way to think about it, but like they're gone. Like you can't do anything about it. So they're not going to want you to sit around and be upset or whatever. Like they want you to go out and live your life and enjoy it. So that's kind of like what fueled my flame for like that whole weekend. Um, it was tough, like learning a new track. And then obviously when that happened, it was really shitty, but I just feel like if somebody races and like, that's how they go, they're not going to want you to be like, Oh, I don't want to race or this or that. So like, it was hard to get my mindset in the right place. 
Um, but like battling with Chloe kind of helped too, because it's the same thing. Like once you go out on the track, you don't really think about anything. And then the day of our race, obviously my favorite colors, like turquoise teal color or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And one of the girls on the team has a Jeep and it's like a whole, like you got ducked thing and they put little <laughs> ducks on Jeeps. Yeah. So I went with my bike the next morning and they won me like <laughs> this duck. <laughs> so his name is Bishop. I named him. He's got his little party hat on. Love but um, there was like this blue jay that was there that weekend. And normally blue jays can be like aggressive birds. And it literally like I would put my hand. I was eating out of my hand. I had it like sitting on my shoulder. It was the weirdest thing. But I was like, maybe this is a sign that like he's still here and whatever. I don't know. Kind of weird. I don't know if I believe in that stuff. But the whole bird thing was just strange. And then they bought me that. So they all helped cheer me up. You know, I, honestly, it's my, my favorite thing is when people something happens to people who don't. I mean, I don't know your beliefs like that, whatever. But it's like I love when something happens to people who aren't really religious and something. And they go, hmm. I remember when Dale Earnhardt Jr. He raced his dad's old car in the it, it wasn't the Nationwide Series at the time. It was the, the series under NASCAR. And he raced his dad's color, that number five, whatever that it was, a, the Wrangler car. It was the blue and yellow. And I remember he raced his dad's car and he won. And I remember like it was a silence and he goes, well, I'll be damned. And, and I knew what that and I knew what that was about. <laughs> you know, it was like a I'll be damned. And he went and one time another time after his dad died, he raced in some kind of series where he had a crash. And I think the car was on fire and he got out, whatever. And he went to his picker. He go, hey, man, thanks for pulling me out of the car. And they go, what? And they go, nobody pulls you out of that car. And he goes, really? And it was just kind of let it there like. You know, it was kind of like that spirit of his dad. And he didn't want, it was, it was just, but I love situations like that. It's like, you know, even if you don't believe or whatever, and I get it. I mean, however your belief is your belief, but I get it. But it's always kind of cool when somebody knows, okay, there's something out there. You know, maybe I don't believe, but there's something out there. And like when that situation with the Blue Jay, think about it. How often would that have happened? Right. Never. And like, he wouldn't leave our pit and he would just kind of stay in the area and he was sitting on like the table and I could like go up and like pat on my shoulder and he literally jumped on my shoulder. So like we have a bunch of pictures of it, but like by the end of the weekend, like the people pitted next to us, there was like the Moto Exotica people, but they're like, Hey, you guys, birds over here again. Like, can you come get it? And we would just go pick them up and carry him back over. But like he was there all weekend. So it was just strange because yeah, like that doesn't ever happen. And birds, wild birds aren't going to be like, Oh yeah, let me go sit on our shoulder whatever. So I was like, Oh, look, I'm a Disney princess this weekend. <laughs> I think that, I think that was his spirit. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, I think, I think that was his spirit kind of like maybe reassuring you that, Hey, yeah. you know, it's okay. I'm good. You know, because you know, it sounds bad, but you know, that part is, yeah, the, the physical is gone, but I think that energy, I am a firm believer that energy dissipates and, and it, and it's out there and it knows who, you know, that it loves or whatever. And it comes back in maybe that form of that bird. And that was him saying, Hey, it's going to be okay. I, and yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was crazy. Cause I've like never had anything like that happen before. So yeah. that's how I took it. And that kind of yeah. helped me get through the weekend. Yeah. So, so what's your first, uh, your oh shit moment. I always ask with riders this when you're a racer, this like, what was your first oh shit moment? Like I asked Sean Dylan Kelly this when he was racing at the Red Bull Rookies Cup and he said he, he, he was in a rep and he hit a turn. He goes, yeah, man, man. And he said, I think Raul Fernandez passed when he outside. He goes, holy shit. This is what I got to <laughs> compete with. So what was your first oh shit moment? You're like, okay, well, we're racing now. 
Oh God. I don't even know. I feel like there's been a lot. I guess it wasn't really like an, Oh shit moment. It was more of like when it finally clicked that I was a more mental rider, mm-hmm. I guess than like just being aggressive. But my friend, Matt Pudlow, we were doing like a 25 minute race and I had a stock R6. Like I didn't even know what gearing was. And we were at summit point in West Virginia. And I just remember every time we would get on the straightaway, like he would always pull on me. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, what does he have done to his bike? And then every lap I would like study where he was and where he was maybe a little slower than me. So I would have to think of like where to pass him. And like every lap I had to pass him one turn sooner just so I could have enough gap on the straightaway. Like we didn't place well in the race, but I beat him. So that was like my victory. And he came up after and he was like, that was the best race I've ever done. And I was like, what do you have done to your engine? I was like, you're got a cheater bike or something like this is not fair. And he's like, what gearing are you running? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, like, what sprockets do you have? And I was like, whatever came on the bike, like, what are you talking about? And like, then it finally clicked that like, oh, there's other things you can do to make your bike fast. <laughs> we live and we learn. We live and we yeah. learn. But I don't know. I guess like, oh, shit moments, I feel like happen kind of a lot on the track when you're trying to test the limits. Yeah. Um, I remember I was a NC bike on my R6 and I was working with a coach who was like trying to slow it down a little bit to show me a different line. Mm-hmm. And when I got back on the gas and I was like, oh, I usually come here like through this turn faster. So I like ripped on it. And I remember looking down and I saw my front tire and I was like, oh shit, like this is not good. Cause I thought I was going to high side. And somehow I don't even remember what I did, but like I saved it and I didn't crash. So I was like going really slow for a little bit, but I don't know. There's been a lot of, oh shit moments. I think. <laughs> I think anytime you ride a motorcycle, you be, I always tell people, you haven't ridden a motorcycle till you had that moment where your ass just vapor locks to the seat, and you're like, like this. A little bit. A little bit, where you just, it just like sticks, like, and you're, you okay? I'm good. I'm good. And you just start sweating, like, no, nah, I'm good. And you see yeah. Jesus going like this. <laughs> that to see, me. That's you, why I don't want microphones in my helmet, though. Like, that's literally, I would be either talking shit to myself, like, yeah. go faster. What are you doing? Or, oh, shit. Like, I remember I was talking to Josh Hayes before one of the races and he said when he was racing, if he came in and did good, the coaches would be like, oh, you were riding with your skirt up, like good job. And then if it did bad, it was your skirts down. So I don't even remember what track it was, but I remember I'm like, skirt up, asshole, like keep going, like push it. What are you doing? Because it would take me a while to like get up to pace a lot of the times. Yeah. Um. I mean, I did good this season. I got P1 in like the majority of the races and the whole shot, which I've never even practiced launches. And everyone's like, you should practice one every weekend. And I was like, if you ask me what I'm doing, I don't even know, like, but it's working. So I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to mess anything up. But I mean, there was some close calls. Me and Chloe had a close one at Barber. Um, I tried to go in the inside of her going into Charlotte's Web like three times. When I watched the race, I get pissed at myself every time. But I'm like, why do you keep doing this three times in a row? Like, it's not working. But the last time I did it, like, I almost caught her rear tire. And that was like another oh shit moment. Like, yeah. okay, I got to stand it up and like get way behind now. But I don't know. I'm not good at leading races. I feel like I would rather have someone just to chase down because like, you don't know how far behind they are. And if you yes. have to put more, or if you're comfortable where you're at or whatever. So that made me go faster and like, go in a little deeper before I would start breaking and stuff. But I feel like you have to have those shit moments to realize like where the limit is. 
And like you said, like you can ride, but until you have those moments, you're not really pushing it. Yeah. You have to, you have to push it to the limit, you know? I mean, I mean, you really do. You have to find that limit. Sometimes go over and go, okay, that's the limit. You know what I mean? If now, if it wasn't for like motorcycles in your life, where would you be? If, if, if you didn't, if you didn't find motorcycles and you didn't have that, you know, chip with that, I guess trying to win your dad's approval, where would you be right now? Oh God, I don't know. Hopefully like knitting blankets and then I might have more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't see you knitting blankets. Don't give me that shit. I can't see no. you knitting blankets. Well, what would you be doing? I mean, yeah, I, I love love your videos love your pictures like you are a good time girl you seem to be having a great time but i always want i ask people like because you know obviously motorcycles are the passion so if that wasn't in your life what would you be doing where would you be i don't even know i mean i'm like used to be big into art and like painting and stuff but i don't necessarily know that i would want that to be like a career when i was younger i used to want to be like a csi person Oh yeah, because we talked about you being a serial killer. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Matter of fact, before you we came on the air, and how like she could be a serial. Her and Chloe could be serial killers. Her and Chloe Peterson could be serial killers because they both, especially Chloe. Chloe gets on the internet, and she, and I, it's almost scary because honestly, <laughs> the hotter the chick, the longer you can be a serial killer because the cops I mean they'd be like oh she couldn't do it look at her you know what I mean and even that's when you just play the blonde card like oh I don't know what you're talking about so far <laughs> you can literally have a knife <laughs> dripping blood and they go eh you're you're fine <laughs> they let you go I, I, I would give the over under with you being a serial killer at least <laughs> at least three years at least before cops go you know what I think this hot chick is killing people <laughs> <laughs> Not if we have Chloe, though. Like, she's super smart. So she does all of her diagrams and, you know, that whole thing. So we would be good. We would never get caught. Never get caught. You go down in the annals of life like, they never caught the killer of. Yeah. Where, where do you live? Where do you live, by the way? What state? Like Canada, basically. I live in New York. New York State. Yeah, upstate. So I'm like, I'm near Rochester. David Goggins is from Buffalo. I know that, but he also grew up and they moved to Indiana, where I'm at right now. So we kind of got a little Gogginsy thing going on. See? You know? Told you. And also Dinosaur Barbecue, the greatest barbecue ever, is up your way. It is. It's very good. It's up your way. So we've got to hang out sometime. I mean, I would love to. I mean, honestly, no joke at all. Would love to hang out. I would definitely love for you to give me advice. And you could tell right now I have no ego at all. Tell me what to do. I'll be like, okay, because I want to I want to knee down and I will take advice. I won't be like, whatever. I got it. You know, I will listen to you. I really would. Okay. We got to do a trap day and got- get dinosaur barbecue. <sighs> well, I'm, I'm vegetarian now. I'm vegetarian, borderline vegan now. So, you know. Well, I'll get dinosaur barbecue and you can have like fried green tomatoes. <laughs> Good. How about I get some macaroni and cheese? How about that? That's fine. Yeah, I'll do macaroni and cheese. How do you how do you want to be like remembered now? I mean, like, I mean, of course you're early in your life. I mean, you're still a pup. You're only 31. You're still a baby. So like, how do you like, how do you want your life to play out now? If it, Like 10 years from now, where do you want to be there, Kaylee? Um, I want to have something to do with racing, whether it's like, uh, my friend Marika that runs the all girls track day organization, like just be involved in something like that, I guess, just to help empower more women. Um, I mean, it is a male dominant sport, like having 15 of us on a grid was awesome, but I don't want that to like be an end all. I want to be able to keep motivating other girls. Like I think the highlight of my season was like the little girls that would come up and like want your autograph and stuff, which was crazy to me. But I remember at road America, this little girl, 
or I was working on my bike and someone was like, Kaylee, there's a little girl here that wants to see you. And I was like, I'm in Wisconsin. Like, I don't know anyone here. And then her mom said that she had watched like the VIR race or whatever. And I think she just liked the color of my bike, but she wanted to talk to me. So like talking with her and how she rides on like her dad's Harley and stuff. And I was like, well, that's how I started. Like tell your parents you want a dirt bike for Christmas. But, um, I saw her later in the day. Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, I saw her later in the day and like, she pointed at me and was like tugging on her mom's arm. So I waved her over and gave her one of my t-shirts and like, just to see something like that and having like her light up like a Christmas tree. I'm like, that's what it's about. Like, that's the future of the sport. And then at pit race, these two little girls came up. I gave one of them my podium hat and their parents found me on Facebook and sent me the pictures. So like stuff like that's really cool to have. Cause like, I didn't have that when I was younger and I knew there's a lot of guys in the sport. So like seeing Melissa Paris and everything that she does in the program for racing in general and like having her own team and her racing and her husband and like, they're just awesome people. But like something like that, I feel like would be my goal long-term. I think it's beautiful. Like, you know, people look at the negative. I look at the positive of, of these times right now. I think it's the greatest time. I think, you know, the truth is being revealed in a lot of things and there's so many avenues and just life now where people had to be, you know, like they can't reveal the real, their real self. Or, But now, I mean, there's a group, whatever your group is, I think it's out there. You can find them on the Internet, which is great. You know, people talk about the negative part. Look at the positive part. And people like you, who is, like I said, it's that little thing that, you know, like you said, the, the, the little girls who like, instead of playing with dolls, which is nothing wrong with it if you're out there. But, you know, there's an alternative. You can go, hey, I can race. And there's one people they can go on Instagram and see other, you know, little girls racing. They can look up to you. Yeah. You can be their role model. And and for me personally, it's just me. I anything that keeps them away from the housewives, whoever the hell, I I I I I totally, totally, totally support. Cause I hate that shit. And I think it's great that when girls have something like with motor, it's me, motorcycles or whatever, just sports in general, it just gives yeah. them, I think, a better direction in life, you know? So I yeah. Think it- A lot of it has to do with your upbringing. Like I had two older brothers, so like I had Barbies, but their heads would like end up in trees and stuff because of my brothers. (laughs) So I ended up just like playing with them and not being afraid to like get dirty with stuff. And like, I'm not really girly girly in general. Like if I have the opportunity, it's nice to just feel good. But um, that's kind of like what intrigued me about the whole BTR program was like the build portion. Um, I could have raced whatever like ccs our club racing but like i didn't understand how everything on the bike works so mm-hmm. that's kind of what i wanted to challenge myself with and that way like there's a deadline i have to do this i'm getting a motorcycle for free and like i can't mess it up so putting that pressure on myself i feel like that was like my big i don't know celebratory part of the season was like finishing the bike and the fact that like it lasted the whole season um that was good for me, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand like the work that we put into actually building the bikes. Like they think that they just show up and we ride them or whatever, but Mm -hmm. having that many girls, um, just be able to learn all of that stuff. And then me learning enough when I built mine to be able to help other girls in the pit and stuff. Like, I don't know, that was fun for me. And it's cool to have so many people come up and like the little girls watching. So they know, like you said, like, you don't have to go play dress up or get your nails done. Or, I mean, I do once in a while, <laughs> they but, look good. They look good. but you don't have to do all of that. Like, I don't know, like break the stereotype of just thinking that like, you're supposed to make sandwiches cause your feet are smaller and they reach the counter better. But like, 
go race motorcycles, like do something fun that you don't think you can do because you probably can't. <laughs> are, are you comfortable in your own skin? Um, for the most part, I feel like the last like couple of years, my last relationship kind of taught me a lot about myself, I feel like. And then like reading David Goggins book and stuff. And it just kind of like, I don't know, motivates you to be your best self in a way. Like I used to compare myself to like Instagram people all the time, but it's like, then like you see them without makeup on and you're like, who the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, I have some mascara and eyeliner on, but I don't know. Well, it's scary sometimes, but like, this is me. So I feel like, I don't know. I am who I am and I'm not going to be someone that I'm not because if you're not being yourself, you're attracting people that you wouldn't normally be around anyways. So I think that's why me and Chloe clicked so good just because we're crazy and inappropriate and it worked, (laughs) but I don't know, like there's no point of being someone that you're not because eventually they're going to figure out who you are. So no, I think, and honestly, and I say this, and I mean it when I say this to my guests, man, I think you're a beautiful person inside and out. And I mean that, like, I like I scoured your Instagram like a creeper, and everything was always fun, and it was always positive and everything. And and by the way, the, the, my luckily my producer used soft filter, so maybe that's why I look like Goggins. But anyway, <laughs> that, that's just me throwing it in. But anyway, honestly, I, I think what you're doing is great. And even though, like I said, you read Goggins' book, I look at my past uh, episodes with, uh, with Kenny Big. Be. There are three episodes. It's the Navy SEAL, and it's along the same lines. You know, I, I think you, I think you'd like that if you get a chance. So, yeah, man, I cannot begin to tell you how much I, I was looking forward to this. I knew you were sick. I knew you were blowing me off. You were sick the first time. I think it was, and and I, I keep getting sinus infections. Like, because I do demo events for Royal Enfield now. They brought me on to do that. Yeah. It's like we went to California like three weekends in a row. So back and forth and back and forth, and then. Oklahoma and we were just in Florida and it's like every time I get home I get these damn sinus infections so like we're in, we're in Oklahoma I'm from Tulsa there. Tulsa I'm from I'm from Muskogee my mom lives in Tulsa you should have told me I would have I would have got to see my mama and you I didn't know you could have rode motorcycles <sighs> next time you better tell me where you're gonna be it was cold as hell I don't give a damn not in Tulsa Tulsa don't get that cold it was like 34 degrees outside oh I ride in 34 degrees seriously I, I, I ride in 34 well I do that's kind of right where I am. But then again, though, I can't get my knee down. So you got me on that. How about that? <laughs> you just got to crash and then you get your knee and your elbow I ain't, down. I ain't crashing my Ducati. You out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll crash your R6. I ain't crashing my Ducati. That's fine. <laughs> you just got to buy a little bike. I'm not like buying no. a 400. They're so much fun. Like yes. little bikes are a blast. They're easy to ride and you can usually get them cheap. So if you crash, it's fine. You just like zip ties and duct tape. It's good. I cr- I crashed my dirt bike and that's enough. I crashed my dirt bike and that's enough. Cause I ate, at least I moto, girl. At least I moto. How about that? Okay. You don't moto like I moto. I do not. <laughs> that's why you're David Goggins. <laughs> you know what? I, you might be my favorite guest in the whole world. It's the greatest compliment ever. And I feel so great. And you know what I'm going to say when we get off this, uh, off this, uh, the podcast, why, why it knows me. Like, so you just made my whole year. I call it. You call me David almost done. This year's Thank almost you. done. That's not even a good compliment. Well, you, okay. How about this? You made my whole last two years. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. that. That's the greatest compliment ever, Kaylee B. I can talk to you forever. Thank you so much for being my guest. I mean that. I think I found out now why you deflect. We pushed it aside like broccoli, and we got to the meat and the potatoes of the whole thing. You don't and, eat meat. Keep the broccoli. <laughs> all the broccoli.
I give you all the broccoli. Thank you so much, my gosh, for being my guest. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want you to have a happy holidays. Stay yeah. healthy. And hopefully one day we'll meet and we'll ride. I look forward to that. That'd be great. Well, it'll be a blast. Uh, you want you want to uh, throw out anything uh, 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 like your Instagram or anything for people to follow you? Oh, yeah. So my Instagram got hacked. Um, I have a new one. It's mini underscore bike 16. Follow okay. me. I need sponsors. Yes, follow her. She's a gold mine, as you can tell, man. Honestly, she's a champion, and she's gracious, and she's humble. So follow my girl, Kaylee Bike. Thank you so much. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You have a happy holidays. Keep you doing too. what you're doing, and I definitely want that uh, that that uh, that raunchy role with you and Chloe <laughs> Faderson. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. You'll be first to get it. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching on Tales from a Gemini. I appreciate you guys. Have a happy holidays. Be safe. And like I said, by this time, you know the word. Peace. Peace.